How's that Danny panic meter looking it right about now? It hasn't moved. You are like Charlie Brown after Lucy pulls away the football. And yet I still step up and swing and miss. You really do. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast. Talking all things sports. By the fans. For the fans. And now your starting lineup. Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast. I am Chris Swenderman. Alongside me across the board is my man, Dan Tantillo, who is wearing sunglasses right now. Dan, what the heck are you doing? Um, Yeah, I'm wearing sunglasses because I don't want you to look and see the pain and suffering in my eyes right now. Wow, I thought you were going incognito. I thought you were no. trying to disguise yourself. No. And actually, and actually, I I was figuring on a fake mustache next in trench coat. Well, that would have been cool because we, you know, the former Mets manager has pulled off the whole fake mustache. Thing. I'm glad you saw where I was going with it. Yes, that. absolutely. Um, we decided that it would be kind of funny to do like a Mets misery minute to start off the shows for now on because I, yeah. over the past couple episodes that we recorded, it's been clear that I am suffering and struggling as a Mets <laughs> fan. We are. So let me just give a little recap of what's happened since we last we should were put, on air. We should put like soap opera music behind this. We really should. That's something that maybe we can... We can work out. We'll work out as we, exactly. we start doing this. But here's what happened so far since we last spoke with the New York Mets real quick. They went two and five this week, losing four straight. Uh, it started off with Jerry's Familia, the Mets closure, closer. Um, he is injured. He had a blood clot, had a successful surgery Friday, apparently, and should return to pitching in three to four months. By the way, and very important fact, pitched the night before they found the blood clot, which, how does that happen? It's unbelievable. Um, so they, he had the surgery Friday. Matt Harvey returned from suspension on Friday <laughs> and gave up three home runs, uh, five total runs, walked five. And the Mets lost that game 7-4 to four till Milwaukee. And then yesterday... <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, you have that Jacob deGrom guy who can pitch a gem. And then you have... Uh, you, they were up 7-1 to one in the 8th inning. No, I'm sorry, in the 7th inning. And then they blew it even more so in the 8th. And they lost 11-9. to nine. Now, my whole thing with that was there was... Um, Salas came into the bullpen in the 7th inning and he struggled. Right. So and he's br- been one of your better start or better relievers, I should say, so out of the bullpen. The brilliant Terry Collins was like, you know what? He's been struggling a little bit. Let's put him back out there in the eighth. Struggles more. Then decides to go to his closer, Addison Reed, the new closer, and uh, ha- expect him to have a six out saving. Right, make, make a save for for yeah. I I get it, and you know what? It's. I mean, we don't get into the managerial decisions. That's not what we do. Neither one of us are managers. Neither one of us are going to be managers anytime soon. But for a fan like Dan right now, it's just, I, I've read like other, you and other friends I have that are Mets fans on social media, either on Twitter or on Facebook, their rants are absolutely classic the last week. I sit be. there and just read these rants, like people just screaming out loud, like, what is wrong with this team? I just don't understand the, the decision making because now by doing that, we can't use Reed tonight. No. So I, that's done. So now the right. bullpen is just totally in jeopardy. Um, I was, bef- as of last week, I, I, I was not totally into canceling the season yet. Uh, I don't have any expectations. I don't expect this team to pl- be a playoff team. How's that Danny panic meter looking it right about now? It hasn't moved. Really? It hasn't gone up. It hasn't gone down. 
It wow. is still staying at the season's most likely over. Okay, so wait. So now we have breaking news. Out of City Field, news from the Mets. Today, as Dribble Cabrera has torn ligament in thumb, may land on DL is the headline. Cabrera was out of the lineup Sunday, and he is doubtful for Monday with a sore and swollen left thumb. The veteran shortstop said Sunday that he will have to wait and see how his thumb feels Monday before talking to the Mets about possibly taking a turn on the disabled list. If you know you have a torn ligament in your thumb, why is he playing? Why are they letting him play at this point? (laughs) So this is the first that I'm hearing this. Yes. Um... Breaking news, literally, (laughs) during our podcast. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say that the meter is slightly above. Yeah, it's still it's still hovering around that the season's over and they're probably not going to make the postseason. But I haven't given up all hope yet. Uh, it's not good. We'll just keep it at that. Okay. This see, this is a typical Met move. Yeah. I will say this. Look, the Mets announced that after the initial injury that the MRI showed no damage to the ligaments. Sunday, however, Cabrera confirmed that he was told there was a tear. The shortstop said he would like to play through it. <laughs> and you know what? And that, on that note, that decision is not up to the manager because the manager doesn't make any decisions. I, but I mean, what? I don't understand their logic. Yeah. What is with the, them and I their trainers? Shut, I mean, it might be. You know what? We might be at the point next week when we're talking about this to that I'm at the point where you shut it down. If somebody's remotely hurt, get them on the DL and then just kind of test the young guys because I don't know if it's worth even trying to save the season. That's my point. Like. At some point, you have to be realistic and say, maybe, you know, we don't want to harm our guys any further than they already are. You have you you have young talent down on the farm. Bring them up. Yeah, just let try them it. play. You got to do it. I mean, so, you got to let the young guys play. Absolutely. Um, so we will be back next week. This is going to be a normal feature on the podcast now, the Mets Misery Minute with uh, Dan Tantillo. <laughs> so I will be asking the questions or I will be posing the stories. And we will be checking in every week on Dan's uh, crapple meter. Yeah, so and how right. nervous he is getting on the uh, on the season. It's boiling, man. It's so boiling. we will see where we will take your temperature again next week. Yeah. during the minute, and we will see where we go from there. I'm telling you, by next week we have soap opera music to go along. Yeah, with. Yeah, we have to because it's it's just a joke. Like you some can't of the stuff make you this can't up. Even write, you can't no, even you write. Can't make this up at all. Now going from one side of New York, yeah. to the other baseball team in town. My guys. Yeah. Big night last night. Derek Jeter gets his number retired. I don't know. It, you know, now you're done with single digits for the Yankees. Yeah. Isn't that insane in itself? Like right. You will never see a player wearing a single digit. For a Yankee. That's so crazy. Like, I think that it's it's interesting the, the way that the Yankees do it. Cause, and I'm not sure if this is true, but I do think that they have the most retired numbers. Not necessarily in baseball, but I think all of sports. They might have the most retired numbers. I want to check that, but I'm, I want to agree with you also. Yeah, and it, it's just interesting because like there's other teams such as the Cowboys that just do like a Ring of Honor thing where they they don't retire the number, but they just they they're in the team Hall of Fame. Which I don't know eventually if it gets to the point where the Yankees may have to stop retiring numbers just because they don't have enough numbers to give out. Well, I'll say this. New star rookie Aaron Judge for the Yankees had it right. He went to, he went to the other end of the spectrum. He went to number ninety nine. Yeah, they're gonna just start like going it. backwards from there. Yeah, exactly. At this point, I mean, guys are gonna be wearing like linebacker numbers. They're gonna be like seventy eight. 
So I'm a Mets fan, and the whole Derek Jeter thing, just for me. Actually, just yes. to not to cut you off, but I thought I was right about the about the retired numbers things. It's actually the Montreal Canadiens that have the okay. most retired numbers. So, so there you have it. Yeah, I mean, and they are they are like the New York Yankees of hockey. Yeah, so absolutely makes sense. Um, this was really interesting for me because I'm 26 years old. I was born in the early 90s. So Derek Jeter, it was Derek Jeter and Kobe Bryant that were the two last athletes that I remember from my earliest memory of sports. So I kind of grew up with them being in the spotlight. And even as a Mets fan, you couldn't not love Derek Jeter. There's nothing to hate about the guy except when he was no. doing damage to your team. Right. Which... If you're a Red Sox fan, then you can hate That's him. a little bit of a different story. And I'm story. okay with that. Right. Um... But, but you have to give the guy his respect. I mean, yeah, he's the career leader in hits, games played, at-bats, doubles, stolen bases, longest tenured captain ever. He's the fifth member of the championship teams from the 90s to join Monument Park, including Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada, and Bernie Williams. Now, that brings me to my next question. Do you think Derek Jeter is the greatest Yankee ever? No. He himself, in an article said that he knows he's not even amongst the top five greatest Yankees. Now that I think I would debate. I don't think, I actually don't think that's up for debate. I got to be honest, not shutting you down by any means. I mean, we love to debate. That's what we do. Sure. But I mean, if you look at these names now, Jeter is magical. He is right. But listen to some of these names that you're talking about. Babe Ruth. Yep. Gehrig. Yep. Iron Man. Yep. DiMaggio. Mm-hmm. Legendary, Mickey Mantle, and even Yogi Berra. Yeah, I think that Yo- maybe over Yogi. Yeah. I would take him maybe over Yogi. That's about it. I would not take him over any of these four names. The only reason I would take Yogi over Jeter is because he's got double the rings. Well, I, I was going to say he's got two hands handful of uh, championship rings. It's it's tough for me to weigh in on this because he's the greatest position baseball player that I've ever seen. And that is partially because of the records that he has in the statistics. I mean, he's hitting over 3,000 hits. It's, you know, but he's also the, the clutchest player that I've ever seen in baseball. Absolutely. First first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. He, I don't think he'll have, uh, there's going to be somebody that will. Somebody will riot. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, Yankee fans will riot if he doesn't get in on the first ballot. Well, no, first he'll, ballot. Get, he'll get in first ballot, but. Oh, there'll be somebody that votes against or that's doesn't what, vote for that's him. That's what I'm 100%. saying. That's what I'm saying. So it won't be the Griffey of a couple of years ago. No. Although it should be. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to argue if he is the greatest Yankee ever because I haven't seen any of, you know, anything before here's, 1990. Here's my thing as a Yankee fan. Yeah. I believe your favorite player or the best player, if you ask people of different generations, they're going to give you different answers. Sure. Like if I ask my friend's father's, of you know, talking my age, I mean, I'm in my 40s, and you know, my my friends' dads are in their 60s. They'll say DiMaggio or Mantle. I'll say Mattingly, okay, or months, even maybe a Munson or a Bobby Mercer, sure, or that that era, you know. Um, and then people, you know, a generation below me, you'll like people your age will say Jeter. Yeah, Jeter and Mariano would be the two answers that you would get, right, for people my age. And right. again, like it's just it's tough for me to to debate it, but I do think if this was any other organization besides the New York Yankees, 
it He'd would be, be best ridiculous ever. to ever to not include 100%. him in that list. Right. But he's definitely the best that I've ever seen. Um, I, I think anybody in my age group would agree with me on that. Does he make the top five ever? I think he is tied at five with Yogi and the four names that you said, Mantle, DiMaggio, I don't think Garrick, you, and Ruth, you can't. I don't think you could put him above anyone. I mean, he himself in an article said he doesn't belong in the top five of yeah. greatest of Yankees. That's how humble he is, and that's why people love him so much as, as a Yankee because he started a Yankee, he finished a Yankee, and it was all about being proud of being a Yankee and knowing his place. Unlike Clint Frazier, who actually came out earlier this year, which I, made me slap my forehead, when he said, hey, maybe the Yankees will unretire seven for me. Mickey Mantle's number. Who said that? Clint Frazier in spring training. He said, I'd really like to talk to the Yankees about unretiring number seven so I could wear it. Are you kidding me? This is the first I'm hearing of this. Too. Oh, yeah. Look look it up. Clint Frazier said during spring training, he was interviewed and said, you know, um, you know, what do you think about being on the Yankees? And they got into this whole conversation. He goes, I'd really like to have a discussion about them unretiring number seven for me. Yeah. I mean, that's never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Come, come here, kid. Hey, let me let me knock some sense into you. Here, um, let me tell you how to do it for the Yankees. That would be a no. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Who are you? you right. I mean, what do you do again? You're a rookie? What, know your role. Yeah, shut, you, your, shut your lip. Yeah, you didn't see Alex Rodriguez when he came over here asking for number three because that's what he used to right. be. Right. You know. I mean, even A-Rod, who is not the most humble of guys, yeah, the most knew when he, he knew. came here, he knew his place. Yeah, and I, you got this kid who looks like um, what's his name, Sean uh, Sean White. He looks like Sean White's <laughs> stunt double, and he's asking for number seven. Like, sh- shut your yap and know your place. Yeah, no, stop for real. Um, it's going to be interesting though when when it gets down the road of just what are they going to do when all these numbers are are gone. It I'm is telling kinda... you, Aaron Judge set the precedent. He said, "Oh, we're, we're just going to start at ninety nine and work our way down the other way." Now that has to be the way to do it. I mean, listen, but Jeter, listen. If you, we're not, we don't want to rank him anywhere. I, I mean, is he a top Yankee? Absolutely. Is he the best Yankee? No, but he's one of the best all time. No matter how how which way you cut it, yeah. he's always going to be one of the best of all time and most memorable. Much like Tom Brady. Yes, yeah, Tom Brady. That's a great segue, Mr. Swindleman. I try, I try. Thank I think you we're very getting, much. I think we're getting better at those. Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady, uh, three months after winning his fifth Super Bowl ring, has been selected to be on the cover of Madden NFL 18, becoming the oldest player to appear on the cover of the game. Arguably the best on the cover, no less either. That's that's absolutely true. Um, and they're calling this the GOAT edition. So I love me- it. You I absolutely love it. Love I it. hate it. I, I love it. So I love it. Much. I want the goat edition now. I want it now. Like I want to be there the day they come out with this. I want the goat edition. I want to be wearing a goat like goat horns or something when I go pick it up. I think That's how need, excited I am about this. It's such an overused acronym, and I need it to go away. Like everything is the goat. Oh, he's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. But he is. Yeah. Okay. And the goat for those of you who don't know acronyms, the greatest of all time. Yeah, and I, I don't argue against that he is in my opinion the greatest of all time tom brady but i just <laughs> picked 199th in the nfl draft That's... now five super bowl rings better than montana better than elway i'm sorry if anybody is going to argue with me you're wrong and <clears throat> because tom brady is the man and listen i am born and bred here in new jersey and i am still 
proud enough to say and smart enough to know that Tom Brady is hands down one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, and I agree with you. I just I, I think the acronym needs to go away because like that's this that's the equivalent of calling the NBA two K swag edition. It's the same okay. thing. It just gets it just makes me cringe because I know that that's something that is a hundred percent my generation's doing. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? If Tom Brady wasn't fairly categorized as one of the greatest of all time, I'd be like, all right, that's terrible. Yeah, right. But he is. Yeah, no, he is. I'm with you. I mean, listen, whether he gave the name to himself or somebody named him, it's hard to argue against it. Now, something else with Madden is... The jinx. The jinx. There's a Madden curse, so they say. And we don't know if it's, it's coincidence. It's hard to argue, though. It is, because um, people, what they argue is that if you get on the cover of Madden, you are going to be injured or have a well, bad season, year right. the next year. If there's anybody that's going to break that, of course it's going to be Tom Brady. Absolutely. Um, it's tough because it has happened. In, uh, it happened to his fellow teammate. Rob Gronkowski Gronk. last year. The yep. curse struck. He missed the first two games of the 2016 season with a hamstring injury and then had to go on injured reserve in December. But before that, the curse didn't strike with Odell Beckham Jr. Or True. with Richard Sherman. And this goes back and forth, back and forth. I would say that it's about, it alternates pretty much... 50-50 of whether or not a player gets hurt or not for being right. on the cover, uh, the curse for the Madden. Um, I don't know if I believe in it. I do think it's amusing. Do you believe in curses in general, sports curses? Because I don't see any other business or, or setting where curses exist as much as they do they or people think they do in sports. Yeah, no, there's no, like it's not like you you hear of the sophomore slump for like an album Right. Or something, but it's never anything no. that's like no. jinxed or cursed or whatever. Like, you don't have businessmen coming into an office place and jumping over the front door because they believe if they step on, on the crack, on the crack <laughs> yeah. that they're going to have a bad day. <laughs> like, so, there would, nowhere else does that happen. That's so funny. I wonder if there is a hey, list of people who were offered the Madden cover and turned it down because that of the would curse. be interesting to see. Yeah. People that turned it down because they're like, no, no way, man. I'm not doing that. I'm going to get jinxed and I'm not going to play well. I mean, does that really get into people? Like, I think sports athletes in general are very fragile psychologically. Yeah, sure. Some of them. Sure. Some of them, like a Jeter, like a Brady, like, you know, I mean, all these guys are like a Jordan, like a LeBron. They're impervious to that for the most part, or find a way to power through it at least. Yeah. There are other athletes that really this gets in their in their head, and they're like, they're like, no, you, I, I can't be on the cover. I'm gonna get jinxed, or if I if I if I do something out of turn, if I don't put my uniform on the same way, and it goes the same thing with sports fans. We are we really? Do we believe in jinxes? I mean, we've discussed this. Yeah, we discussed superstitions and stuff like right. that, and that definitely exists. I don't know if like a curse or a jinx if if besides the Madden one I don't think that we've heard of any other curses or jinxes that have happened in sports recently no but I mean you've had the curse of the goat you've not the greatest of all time <laughs> from the Cubs the original goat an actual goat uh, um we've all you know the curse of the Bambino yes the, didn't let the Red Sox for, win for you know almost 90 years um you know I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of 
supposed curses out there, and there's small ones. They, you know, they have rally caps. You know, players right. believe right. that they change the way they're wearing their hat. It's going to change the momentum of the game. Pitchers don't step on the white foul line because they feel it's going to jinx them the way they pitch. I mean, it's crazy. No other business could get away with that other than sports. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, Madden, I would say, is probably the most successful sports franchise video game out there oh absolutely but that being said what would you say were some of your favorite sports video games besides madden Ooh, good question yeah it's gotta be come to mind it's it's gotta be um um what do you call i'm it's i'm blanking on it now but for playstation the one that's only made for playstation uh, was it the streets like the NBA streets? Is no, that no, 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 no. The the major baseball game that they that they have the for show the show. Yeah, absolutely one of my favorites. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm gonna go a little bit more old school. Oh boy, here we go. One is Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball for which everybody loves Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, absolutely. Ken Griffey Baseball. You got to put that up there. And I'm gonna throw a real old one out in a minute. So f- oh boy, oh, I'm ready now. My other f- favorite growing up, and I never was even a, a fan of the sport. I didn't really watch it, and I didn't really participate in it. But Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, wow, was such a great game. They had the best soundtrack. They had just like whenever you would fall and break your arm and stuff, it was funny looking. Wow, Tony Hawk as a video game was so fun. Um, I think Madden is the one that I continue to get year in and year out. Um, even though I probably shouldn't, because they don't really change the game too much from one right. year to the next. But if I'm talking about my favorite sports games ever, I would have to put Tony Hawk Pro, Sk- Pro Skater up there. And I think I would have to put like the NFL Blitzes or the NBA Street where you're allowed to like fight people in the middle. And you didn't like you could just call a hike and then blitz at a guy and take nice. your helmet off and slam it. Um, those are really fun, too. Well, I'm going I'm going back to the uh, Stone Age of um, video games. Yeah. Two of my all time favorites other than Madden and the show. Yeah. Um, Going harkening back to yesteryear, Tecmo Bowl okay. and Blades of Steel. Best hockey game ever. I don't even think I've ever heard of Blades of Steel. All right, so you're now going to come over there and smack you. <laughs> yeah. That deserves a smack now. <laughs> the Tecmo Bowl, I never, I've never played it, but I know what it is and I know how to play it. But I've actually never played that game. You know what? Why people are learning about Tecmo Bowl now? Because of the commercial with because Bo of the key, Yeah, because of the car commercial yeah. with Bo Jackson and the Boz. And most people don't even know who Bosworth is, sadly enough. Yeah. And if you make an age comment right now, you're lucky you're wearing glasses. I can't come over there and hit a man with glasses on. <laughs> That's true. The stupid sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's sad. I can't, I'm like, even, can't Boz. even read my face right now. Yeah, exactly. You, I'm, I, like, I'm like playing cards with a card shark across from me. He's wearing sunglasses indoors right now. Yeah, but that's because the idea of the 2017 Mets season is still in the back of my head no matter what topic we're talking about. Right. So I got to hide myself somehow. I know. Listen, next week we're giving you the fake mustache too. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to go full Bobby Valentine on you guys. Before you know it, you'll be growing a beard like James Harden. Oh my goodness. How you like that? That is amazing, Chris. How you like it? Wow. How you like me now? I was going to go somewhere with Bobby Valentine and the coaching, but you went the beard route. I did. I went from mustache to beard to James Harden in three moves. Thank you very much. So what happened with that is uh, the Rockets were eliminated in game six in front of their home crowd. And James Harden, who is the superstar of the team, an arguable MVP candidate, had his probably his worst game of the season, scoring just 10 points 
two of 11 shooting. And, uh, and the he, team overall lost by 39, by the way. Yeah. And he, uh, he the fans, the media, they gave him oh, a whole yes, lot they of did. crap. Stephen A. Smith said that Harden looked drugged on the court. Uh, a league executive asked, has an NBA player ever been investigated for point shaving? Is that Ooh, fair? Is that fair? That's brutal. That's real. I mean, that's almost like, I mean, that's, that's put on like out of line. I mean, really badly. I mean, that's really accusatory. And I, I got to be honest, I'm a little, if I'm hardened, I'm really offended by that. And I would come out swinging. Yeah, I would too, because especially for a guy who was ranked third in the league in minutes, he missed one game due to illness, nearly averaged a triple double during the regular season. It just doesn't make sense for what he wants to do and for the player that he is to even answer such an exe- uh, accusation. Well, I would say I would say to all the people, the detractors that are saying stuff about him now, especially Stephen A. Smith, who's the biggest hypocrite on the planet. Seriously. Please don't even get me started with him, bozo. Anyway, I would say they're not even in that position for a game six in round two if he's not on that team. 100%. So... People are, are saying that, you know, one minute he's in, yeah. quit. People are saying that he oh, quit after please. this performance. Um, and a couple days later, head coach Mike D'Antoni said that he may need to rest Harden more next year. Now, do you think that's fair? Do you th- who do you think's at fault here? That's the real gist of the question. Is it Harden's fault for not putting up the performance that he normally puts? Is it the coach's fault? for running this kid too much to the point where he's physically exhausted and cannot perform to his full capabilities. Totally on the coach. Mike okay. D'Antoni is at fault, 100%, and here's why. You don't let the inmates run the asylum. You do not let your players dictate when they do and don't play. That's the coach's decision. Even for somebody like James Harden, even for somebody like LeBron, even for somebody like Jordan, you do not let your players tell you what to do. You are the coach. You are the guy that runs that team, that puts the lineup in every day. You're the guy that makes the decisions on who plays, who doesn't. You know what? If my star player in March is looking tired, you're sitting for a game or two, or at least once a week. Because you know what? If we're making the playoffs and we we have the a predicted line, um, record that's going to make the playoffs, I'm not worried about the rest of the season. I'm worried about getting you to the playoffs and making sure you're healthy and energized for the playoffs because that's where it matters. You know what? Winning the regular season means nothing. That's true, but, I mean, this is something that he's been, should be getting used to. He's, you know... He was the first player in NBA history to have 2,000 points, 900 assists, and 600 rebounds in a season. Yeah, that's so good. you're expecting you, but th- but that's the way that they've been planning. That's the way that this team is organized. This team is organized around him, so he knows going into the season that there's this amount of pressure on him, and he's expected to do X, Y, and Z for this team. Yes, I understand that it. He does need some rest. And Every player needs rest. I understand that, but he, you don't see a guy like LeBron. This question doesn't come out for a guy like LeBron. But LeBron knows when to take a break. LeBron knows when to take himself out of a game. He'll do that. Because you know what? LeBron is not selfish. LeBron, as as great of a player as he is, and a game changer, do you see him in the playoffs right now? Why? Because he knows when to rest. He knows when he's not healthy. And he's not going to be bigger than the team. Harden 
his ego won't let him. Yeah, sit. he's he's too he he beats himself up too much because he has put all this pressure on his shoulders, and I don't know if it's fair to put the pressure on his shoulders. But that's why you have a coach to take it off your shoulders. It's not your decision to make. You are not the coach of the team. Dan Tony is the leader of the team, uh, aside from team captains. I mean, I mean. Come on, we know the Cavs, the leader of that team overall is LeBron, right. far and away. But there is a coach to make decisions, and I don't care what you say about how good of a player is, how much he means to your team. You have to keep the, the players healthy. That is your job. And you know what? If you don't keep the players healthy and you don't stand up and say something for when a player looks hurt, you become the Mets. There you go. We're back to the Mets. We've come full circle on the New Jersey Guys podcast right now. We went from the Mets to Jeter to Brady to Harden back to the Mets. How do you like me now? Uh, I've never been more frustrated in an episode because it all comes back to the Mets. It's just I can't escape it. I did escape it for a little bit, and then it comes right back in. See? Uh, we go for this is like Kevin Bacon's got nothing on us. Six degrees, we could go six degrees of anything and get back to back around to the circle. It all comes back to the Mets. And it all comes back to being just utterly disappointed and Look sad. You. you are like Charlie Brown after Lucy pulls away the football. <laughs> I know it's happening. You are every, so sad. I know it happens every single time, and yet I still step up and swing and miss. You really do. You 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 give it your A effort, though. I will. I will say that you you wear your heart on your sleeve like a real fan, and you sit there every Monday dejected with your head propped up against the mic right now, going, Why "Yeah, me? let me have it. Let me Why have me? it. Yep, I know, I know." And uh, I'm not even doing it as a Yankee fan to a Met fan. I'm just doing it as a sports fan in general. Like, man, this is just brutal watching. But thank God it's not me. Yeah, no, it's just they've become an an example of what an organization shouldn't be. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And an embarrassment to their to their fans. So, uh, real quick before we wrap it up, uh, you were at Metallica last night at MetLife Stadium. I was, and my hearing is still not back. Yeah, how was that? Whew, what a great show. I mean, phenomenal. Um, you know, Metallica is one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Legendary. Um, they are just absolutely phenomenal. Never put on a bad show. Did not disappoint last night at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, have you ever um, seen any other shows at uh, stadiums like that? Yeah, I've yeah. seen... Uh, I. I Totally across the board, but I've seen Kenny Chesney do a, um, a show at MetLife Stadium. I was, the, I was at that same show. And, yeah. I mean, phenomenal. Yeah. I, as big of a rock star as you could get in country music. No, for sure. And I think that that both the fans and the musicians, they understand when they're in these stadiums that it's going to be a little bit more electric. Oh, absolutely. You know? And they, they bring their A and game. And they bring their A game. I think the coolest thing to. for me was... Last year, I got to see Dead & Company, which is the new Grateful Dead band with John Mayer in the front. I right. got to see them at City Field. So seeing a band that I grew up on and I loved right. at my favorite team stadium, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm not a Giant or Jet fan, so last night, it wasn't like, woo, I'm, seeing my, I'm just seeing my favorite band in a great stadium yeah. in New Jersey. I mean, I could care less who plays there when they're, you know, when there's not a concert. But it was enjoyable nonetheless. And I mean, you know, they really, they really bring their A game when they're in the stadium. And I mean, they're one of the few metal rock bands I believe right now that could be in such a large setting sure, and absolutely. do it justice. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree. So if you are a music fan at all and a sports fan, it's definitely something worth checking out, even if you know it might be a little bit too expensive. 
But seeing a band in a huge stadium, a baseball stadium, it's or unbelievable, a, or a football it's, stadium, it's such a cool yeah, experience. Absolutely. And as for, uh, I know Dead and Company is back at City Field this year, so that'll yeah, be yeah. That's cool. called the Mets. Yeah, that'll be cool for. Um, <laughs> that'll be cool <laughs> to see some actual performance and um, electricity in that building. As opposed to the real Mets. Yeah, which is literally. Dead. I think you think they're going to change the name to Dead and Company because it'd be. I mean, they fairly- might have to. <laughs> They might have to. <laughs> oh boy! You might be better off having Bob Weir come in and bat leadoff for the Mets right now. That's that's hey, where listen, we're at. As long as they can keep them healthy, <laughs> <laughs> which might be hard to do since he's seventy bajillion years old. <laughs> Anyway. Oh boy. And on that note, yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast. You can subscribe for it on iTunes and Google Play. You can go to our website at nj1015.com, stream it there. It is also available on our mobile app. For Dan Tantillo, Chris Wendeman, thanks so much for listening. We're out.